0: Face front, true believers, it's Comics Crunch. I got a message from the Great Lakes Avengers. They offer me a membership but I- Back to Comics Crunch, uh, first episode since the first episode went up on the main feed. So
1: yeah, this is the first episode we're recording since deciding
0: this is going to be a main feed ep- uh, show. Right, right. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: But, I, I think I'm still gonna release them early on uh, the Patreon. Yeah, that's
0: what I, f- I figured we would do. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So Comics Crunch. Um, so let me ask you, Matt, since this is uh, how we usually start these out, uh, mm-hmm. what do you know about Doctor Carl Lycos, Lykno- hypnotherapist? So when you say that name, yeah, it means nothing to me. Okay, cool. So I, uh, well, how about the uh, the flying pterodactyl man, Sauron? <laughs> okay, see so that one rings. That rings the yeah, bells.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> a man who uh, who
0: knows what he's about. Uh, he knows what he wants, and he's not afraid to to go for it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So this is what we're doing today. We're doing Sauron, the pterodactyl man, who has kind of a interesting career in comics and who's entire creation is kind of interesting. Um originally he was designed to be a bat person, which definitely goes more towards his like life draining, like he would drink blood from people and just be basically a vampire bat person. Okay. But at the time the Comics Code Authority, which was the uh self-inflicted rules that uh the comics publishers put upon themselves to keep the government out of their pies, essentially. Yeah. They'd say like, okay, these are our rules and we're gonna abide to these rules. And that way you don't have any authority. You can't censor us. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And also to kind of put EC Comics out of business. Because EC, uh, EC Comics, horror comics, were taking a huge bite out of Marvel and DC's profits. Okay. So this was simultaneously a way to keep the government out of their faces and put one of their biggest competitors, uh, competitors in the completely in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so at the time, the Comics Code Authority said that one of the things you could not have in comics was... Was vampires? Vampires were not allowed. Um.
1: Okay. Is it because of the the blood and partially or... because of the
0: blood drinking, partially because they were considered too sexy and violent, and yeah, it was it was just something you could not have. And in what year was this? You said, Uh, like he when, would have when, been. This would have been in sixty nine. Okay,
1: so this is before the. I mean, when did when did vampires become sexy? Because uh, I thought that was a more of a recent,
0: a relatively recent thing. Well, it's more of just like the sexual thing about them, because they sneak into people's bedrooms. Okay, and... okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's more of the, that,
1: because I was going to say, because back then, the vampires were
0: well, I mean, monster,
1: like actual monsters. And you already not...
0: had the original Dracula at that point, and Bella right. Lugosi is honestly pretty hot in that movie. Like, he's... <laughs> He has that mysterious accent. He's you know dark and brooding and okay. So but, vampires but still, were already pretty sexy by that. But point.
1: that's not that wasn't the 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 usual um,
0: kind of uh, imagery associated with him back no, then. No, no. So but but it... but yeah, you you could not have vampires in there, and that's why when uh, everyone's favorite uh, movie hero, Doctor Michael Morbius, came around, he was the living vampire. <laughs> I am... That's why. Completely different. He's, that's completely <laughs> different. He's not dead. Yeah. Um. And also why when they did the Spider-Man cartoon, instead of biting people, he had those weird hand tentacle things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that was something they couldn't have in the cartoon was vampires biting people. Yeah, he had to... Okay. But, yeah, that's why we could not have a giant vampire, vampire bat person as our main... Or as our antagonist. So instead they, they were like, Pterodactyl's the next closest thing. <laughs> I, I guess like (laughs) it was was more as like the, the creator was just like, okay, we can't do bats. What's another giant flying thing or like a big scary flying thing. Yeah. Okay. Pterodactyls. Those are cool. We'll make a pterodactyl man. Yeah. And like, other than that, and the fact that he drains people like through his hands instead of biting them, they did not change the character. (laughs) Okay. It. Okay, I'm interested to see where that goes. That's why he's a hypnotherapist, because vampires, like, have the ability to hypnotize people. So this way he can hypnotize people without, like, being a a vampire with his hypnogaze and stuff like that. I see. So, yeah, they changed very little about this man. And I I kind of adore that. (laughs) (laughs) But let's get into the uh, backstory about uh, Dr. Carl Lycos here. Yes. As a child, Carl went with his father, his father's assistant, Dr. Anderson... And Anderson's daughter, Tanya, on an expedition to Tierra del Fuego near the Antarctic Circle. It was apparently Take Your Kids to Danger Day. <laughs> uh, during the trip, Tanya got, became lost, and Carl went to go find her because he had like a childhood crush on her. And found her under attack by pteranodons, who That's were visiting mean. from the nearby but still undiscovered Savage Land. Savage Land, if you don't know, is a place in the Antarctic Circle... Uh, that is like a pristine, prehistoric wilderness. Okay. It's where dinosaurs live. It's where Kazar hangs out. Um, you got a bunch of cavemen, dinosaurs, spooky stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the, these pterodons got lost from the savageland and wound up in uh, Tierra del Fuego. And, and then they started terrorizing a, a little girl. And, and Carl, yes. And Carl. Carl managed to, to ward them off using a stick. Just like get out of here, pterodons whack whack. But not- everybody knows that pterodons' uh, natural enemy is the opposable thumb. Yeah, right. Uh, but not before getting bitten by them multiple times, so he's pretty uh, badly injured. Oh, okay. Uh, Carl and Tanya both manage to forget the fucking flying reptiles that attacked them, and were patched <laughs> up by Doctor Anderson, Tanya's father. And I they mean, were like, "Whoa, what happened?" And they're like, "I, oh, I can't remember. It's been traumatized." I mean, um trauma and shock can do some bad things to your brain i would like to think i would remember being attacked by dinosaurs though or by winged reptiles
1: maybe it wasn't was it in the dark maybe it was at night and they
0: they just couldn't see maybe maybe they both suffered some sort of it's it's (coughs) very like specific retrograde amnesia uh after the after the trip carl's father passed away and grateful to carl for saving tanya's life during that expedition Anderson allowed Carl to stay with them. You saved my daughter's life. I guess I'll adopt you. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. He didn't really like Carl that much, but he was kind of obligated to since Carl did save Tommy's His daughter's life, life yeah. yeah. And then things got fucking weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I you mean, see, these, I, t- these pteranodons that attacked them were not normal pteranodons. They were mutants, weren't they? They were mutated, uh, yes. Okay. Yes. And due to the attack... Carl began to need to drain the energy from things in order to survive. A known, a known, a known side trait, effect. Yeah. A known trait of pteranodons. Yeah, yeah. They were not radioactive pteranodons. He did not receive the <laughs> personal speed and strength of a pteranodon. <laughs> oh, okay. They, they were just mutated. Okay. So, different. <laughs>
1: I mean, okay, so these, so maybe these pteranodons' evolution was like working on them draining I I got no For, idea on this one.
0: I mean, I, it, it was a retcon at some point because it had to explain why the tyrannodons affected Carl in this way without just making him like a full fledged mutant. Because it, it actually is important that he's not a mutant.
1: Okay, but so so, so he's not a mutant. But the tyrannodons that bit him
0: were Were, and they passed on the Pteranodon-ness to him, <laughs> and and the, and the ability to drain energy. I don't think that was related to the tyrannodons. I think that just happened. <laughs> It was just a latent thing in him that they brought out? something, (laughs) Or, like, the mutation caused that in him somehow. It's very strange. Um, But, yeah, at this point, Carl wasn't a completely horrible person. He was kind of selfish, but he wasn't, like, a murdering, like, murder man at this point. (laughs) Murdering murder man? Yeah. So, uh, instead of killing his victims, he drained some of the energy from them, leaving them stunned and weakened, but still alive. Okay. So he didn't do murders at this point.
1: Okay, but, but they didn't become...
0: They also did not become Pteranodon men, no. Okay. He also okay. was not a Pteranodon man. He was just a regular person who right. could drain energy.
1: Right, right. So, but they but they didn't also take no. on
0: that. That we know longer. of. Uh, okay. Maybe there's a bunch of them out there. Who knows? <laughs> uh, Carl and Tanya began to fall in love, but Anderson refused to let them marry since Carl was super broke at this point and relying on Dr. Anderson for, like, everything. Dude, he, he was a kid. I mean, I imagine at this point he's probably older, but Yeah, he he was in his late teens at this point. Still. Yeah, yeah. But he had no way of supporting either of them, no future prospects or anything like that. He was basically a freeloader who could train energy from people.
1: And I I imagine that that, that little um thing that little uh, aspect of his life was probably kept in secret. Yeah, yeah. He probably right. didn't Neither Tanya
0: nor let... Dr. Anderson knew about that. That's kinda of what I figured. At this point, yeah. <laughs> uh so Carl left home to become a rich doctor. That was that was his plan. He's like, okay, if I if I go and go to college, become a, a famous and wealthy doctor and come back, Dr. Anderson will have to respect me and I can marry Tanya. I mean, it's, that's the that's thing you just decide to do, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of a great expectations kind of thing, I guess. Like, <laughs> Sure. Uh, but instead, he became a hypnotherapist because who can foresee the twisted turns of road, life's road? <laughs> um, he, he still had to drain the energy from people to not die at this point. So what he would do is he created devices that would allow him to store the energy from people in like little snack boxes. <laughs> a little juice box? Essentially, a little, yes. A he little made life be, energy juice box? Yeah, basically. <laughs> so we, he would put people under with the hypnotherapy, and then drain the energy out of them, store the excess energy in juice boxes and that way he wouldn't have to have a person on hand at all times. You could just take a sip from his juicy. Okay,
1: I'm, now I'm no lawyer, but this sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah, this is
0: pretty bad. <laughs> this is all sorts of patient rights violations. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Like someone someone really should uh, talk to him about this. Yeah, but like his patients didn't know what was going on because they were, you know, hypnotized, so they were usually right. unconscious or in a suggestible state. So they would wake up and be like, oh man, I'm feeling really tired. And he'd be like, yeah, that's just what happens when you go under man. deal with it. <laughs> And then so, send them on their way.
1: <laughs> so I imagine also that his, his life-draining aspect didn't leave any marks either. Right, he, a... he just touched them. Okay. And just,
0: yep, suck them suck right out. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Mystic- mystical yeah. life yeah.
0: drain. Okay, at some point, Carl met Charles Xavier when Xavier was still a practicing geneticist before he founded the X-Men and all that, when mm-hmm. he was still in his I Am A Science Man phase. <laughs> uh, and they worked together on Project Mutant. The details have, of which have not been revealed even after 60 plus years of continuity. We have no idea what that was. They never said. What we just know that? they worked together on a project. Okay. That's such a weird thing to just keep in your back pocket yeah, for that it, long. It's implied that they were going to decide to do something with it and got distracted by other things. And it just never came up. And at this point, why bother? That's why There's enough weird back shit in Charles Xavier's backstory that adding this to it would not add anything, really. And, okay. And uh, Sauron has his own shit going on, so. Sure, sure. But uh, Xavier discovered that Lycos needed to feed on human energy, but, like, didn't reveal it because he was a mutant. He kind of figured, oh, this guy's a mutant. He's not killing anybody at the moment. He's just kind of trying to survive in his own way.
1: Okay, so Xavier knows. Xavier does, knows. does Lycos know that Xavier knows? I do not believe so. Okay. So, Xavier's just, just kind of, he, he, he noted this and just kept, he just kind of logged it away. He's just yeah, He's like, yeah. I'm gonna, You He okay. probably like
0: walked into Carl's office when he was like sipping on a juice box <laughs> and <then> there was <laughs> a dude on the ground and he's like, Okay, I just can see what's going on here. <laughs>
1: I thought you are going to say, zipping on a juice box with a dude on the cover. Oh, like, on the uh, <laughs> just side of it. It's a
0: picture of the guy. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, like a little logo. Like, this
0: is Steve's energy. <laughs> Steve Hi, energy. Steve.
1: <laughs> Steve energy drink. <laughs> made from 100% pure, pure, pure yeah. squeezed Steve.
0: So, so Xavier noticed this and decided not, not to, to... tell to, anybody, not to rat out Lycos, not to confront him about it. It's like, okay, it's another mutant. Doing his own thing, he's not killing anybody, he knows what he's doing, he's under control. He's not an evil mutant. Okay, Xavier, you're now an accessory. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier has so much gray and black shit in his backstory oh anymore, God. they okay. keep like Yeah. <laughs> uh, later on during a fight with the Sentinels, the X-Men Havoc was very badly injured after attempting to blow himself up. I, what, but how did how did he get injured? Yeah. Um, he was unable to control his powers, and also he's Havoc. Uh-huh. And that's just kind of how Havoc is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. This may have been the only time where something like this happened, that a lady was not involved. Havoc is very, very suggestible to ladies. Uh-huh. Um, the X-Men like were like, oh shit, Havoc is dying, we need to find somebody to patch up Havoc. And rushed into the nearest office, like doctor's office... Which happened, happened to be, to be Carl be... licensed Lycosip- Lycosip- hypnotherapist. Uh, okay, <laughs> I I don't know why they thought a hypnotherapist would be able to help, but uh, you are not actually dying. Yeah, seriously, seriously,
1: <laughs> you are you are perfectly fine. Like I understand that the, the mind. Like do- <laughs> they saw doctor and ran in. Yeah, like but... I understand that the mind is a very very powerful tool and can um can do things that medical science um, is still struggling to explain. Yeah, I don't think this is...
0: But I I, I don't think it can unblow you up. <laughs>
1: yeah, like this is pushing it a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They were unaware at this time of the connection between Xavier and Lycos. Like, they didn't know that those people had worked together on Project Mutant. Whatever the hell that whatever is. Whatever that is, yeah. Okay. Uh, Lycos had never drained the energy of a mutant before. This was during a time where there wasn't, like, the mutant explosion that would later be the, the 616, like standard where there's you know millions of mutants worldwide mutants are freaking everywhere yeah, there right? may have been like 30 on the planet oh okay so there, there was not a whole lot of these guys um so he's like okay I gotta I gotta take a sippy of havoc here I gotta do it let's see what happens <laughs> like,
1: like I've never had this flavor before right right it's like
0: oh wow <laughs>
1: see he's
0: I, here he's unconscious what am I gonna not drink him yeah I, I kind of like relate this as a new soda flavor came out like earlier this year when Coke released that, uh, Coke Stardust or whatever it was. And it, t- it was supposed to taste like space. And instead it tasted like shitty cotton candy. And yeah. I barfed, <laughs> but you, you had to try it. Though. I had to try it. It was there and it was on sale. <laughs> and you don't. And, and, And they had a a zero sugar flavor of it, so it it, was just to be. (laughs) It was there, it was helpless and unconscious.
1: Right, right, I had had to to take a sippy. (laughs) You had to try it, I get it.
0: Oh, that's, okay. But this is where we get uh, the Sauron that we know and love. Upon (laughs) draining the mutant's energy, Lycos was hit by a terrifying transformation, changing him into a half-man, half-Pteranodon creature. It, apparently, the mutated energy from havoc like triggered, triggered a transformation in him. So
1: the the, the mutated whatever that the tyrannodons right. had put in him that needed him to be mute like needed him to drain energy right didn't. Like, like the, the mutant gene kind of catalyzed this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And this is where you can kind of see, it going back to, like, he was supposed to be a vampire bat
1: person. Uh-huh. Because
0: that makes a little bit more sense. He gets attacked yeah. by vampire bats, becomes a vampire-like creature, drains mutant energy, and, like, turns him into more of a vampire bat. Yeah. Seranodons are a little <laughs> different. Like, it hits different. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm just learning... A lot more about pteranodons than I yeah, previously yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure this is all 100 percent scientific, Scientifically accurate. paleontological <laughs> accurate. Um, but yeah. gonna, next time we take we take Sonia to the to the museum, the, the,
0: the dinosaur, Right, right. They better have museum, the, the, the Carl Lycos exhibit up. I'm going to ask him. Like, so
1: if if I get bit by like pteranodons. one of these pteranodons, like let's say, bit somebody, <laughs> <laughs> bit me multiple times. <laughs> well, Multiple times. <laughs> Multiple times, yes. What what do, <laughs> just ask the tour guide, like so what are your thoughts on the Tyrannodon's life draining
0: ability and <laughs> like,
1: their tendency to pass that on to those they bite and <laughs> yeah.
0: infect? And its whole uh you know, interaction with the mutant genome. Like yeah. what, what would go on there. <laughs> and then they throw you out of the building.
1: I wanna see how far I can get before they do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh at this point, Lycos was like Okay, I'm a life draining pteranodon person. I am obviously evil! (laughs) And uh, completely devoted himself to being evil, like, embraced it like a warm, fuzzy blanket. Renamed himself after the villain of the Lord of the Rings. Okay, so that isn't a coincidence. That is not a coincidence. He has an amazing monologue where he's like, Only one uh, being in all of literature could contain my newfound evil, and that is the mastermind of, so- of uh, J.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, Sauron. Therefore, I shall name myself Sauron. So, <laughs> yeah, he, even as a, like, a on Energy Vampire Man, he's a huge dork. This never changes. You know what? That's a point in his favor, I'd say. Yeah. I love this fucker. <laughs> um, and that was... And then, like, he was a big on man. He fought the X-Men several times. Uh, fucked around with Kazar and the Savage Land. Um, he's shown up a lot over the past 60-plus years. I'm not going over everything because it's a lot. He hasn't had as many appearances as some of the other X-Men villains, but he's fairly noticeable. Okay. And he's a popular character. Uh, sure. Just because he, he's a very striking image. Tyrannodon man. Pteranodon man, yeah. He's got kind of a cool set of powers. He's very cocky. He's a huge dork. He monologues well. Like, <laughs> he, he's a neat character. Sure. Um, he keeps bouncing back and forth between, like, evil Sauron and slightly less evil Carl Lycos. <laughs> Uh He obsessed over Tanya for a while until she killed herself to escape from him. Oh, Damn. Like, she went over a cliff, and he was like, No, Tanya, my true love! And dived over the cliff with her in his Lycos form. And they were both supposed to have died. Uh, She later, like, washed up on a beach somewhere barely alive and was nursed back to health. Carl ended up in the Savage Land. Uh Uh-huh. And then it just... It it never really recovered from that. I'm not sure of Tanya's exact status at the moment. I'm pretty sure she's dead. Sure. Sure. But, yeah. Uh, He keeps just generally making a mess of things he hooked up with an incarnation of the weapon x program which like ramped up his powers and let him be truly evil and all that stuff which is what (laughs) this fucker loves yeah uh a ton of people so Uh, he he did just decide like i'm done i'm done being a nice guy i'm gonna snack on people if, if, if i'm gonna if i'm gonna pop that top i'm gonna finish it off right and when he when he's carl he's like okay i still have to drain people I'm not going to kill them and i cannot touch mutants i'm no on mutants and then <laughs> invariably he's like okay got to drain this mutant <laughs> <laughs> and then he turns into a pteranodon man
1: okay so so when he doesn't feed on mutants for a while does he like turn back
0: into it humans? depends usually there's some sort of external catalyst that turns him from Sauron back in the Lycos Okay Like being hit with some sort of Beam or ray or something Sure sure Some, some sort stuff. of Some
1: sort of comic booky antidote
0: Right right But then in, in And varial, then he'll be... He's forced to Feed on a yeah, mutant Yeah I think once it was like They When he, he was in the Savage Land And like Magneto was there And Magneto was dying of a poison Or something like that So he Had to drain Magneto's energy To get the poison out <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure Was just his uh, excuse To turn back into An awesome on <laughs> man <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not how poison works, but okay. I'm not a
1: poisonologist. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't think it targets your essence. Yeah.
0: Your life energy. I think it's
1: I think it's more of a physical...
0: Right? And, uh, I whatever. don't know. Anyway. Uh, um, he was the science teacher at the Evil Hellfire Academy, which is... That is amazing. Like, the uh, one of the incarnations of the Hellfire Club created a rival academy to Xavier's. Uh-huh. And it was the evil, it was literally the evil school where they had the evil mutants and evil teachers. And they had uh, Sauron teaching science. Which is great. That's who you want teaching science at your evil school. I mean, I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, but his... Who, who's the gym teacher? I can't remember. I think it... I don't know if it was Frenzy or... I can't remember. Because, I mean, gym teachers in general are evil. Yeah. I want to
1: know. I yeah. want to know the evil gym
0: teacher. I know, I know Toad was the janitor. Out. And then later he had a uh, uh, face turn and was the custodian over at the Xavier School for a while.
1: Okay. Was the lunch lady? Uh, was the was the lunch lady the blob? Please
0: tell me. The lunch I lady hope was so. Blob. That'd be amazing. But uh, <laughs> no. Um, but like his biggest thing that he did up to this point was he turned all of Staten Island into dinosaurs while working with Stegron, the Dinosaur Man. Okay. Yeah, that one we that one I know because that image of him saying that he doesn't want to cure cancer, he wants to turn people into dinosaurs has become super memetic. Yes, very much so. Like, it, it is every, it's everywhere. Like, it's this a is, great line! It is a really good line. It is... it is, And it's really important to note that uh, that series, uh, Spider-Man and the X-Men, which took place because, at the time, Wolverine had died. Wolverine was dead-dead. Was uh-huh. And in his will, and had requested that Spider-Man teach his classes at Xavier's. <laughs> because... One, he knew that Spider-Man could do it because Spider-Man's a smart guy. Yeah, sure, sure. And he, like, wanted to get back at Spider-Man for something that he didn't specify. He's <laughs> like, okay, now you have to deal with all these kids.
1: That's... <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Which is okay.
0: a very Logan thing to do. Sure, sure. Okay. But it, it's a really funny, really good series. Um, it's written by Elliot Kalen of the Flophouse. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... It, it, yeah, yeah. That okay. That, that so makes Elliot a lot Kalen's like claim to fame is co-host of a really good movie podcast and creator of one of the most medic comic images ever. <laughs> so we can go for that guy. Um, the comic itself it has like some sort of issues in a couple places that I'm not super cool with because um, Sauron says that he's in love with Shark Girl, who's one of the students at in Spider Man's class. She is like. Implied to be like 16 to 18 at the time. So that's kind of yeah, gross, Sauron. That's not great. I don't think Elliot knew how old she was at the time. Because she's usually in wear shark form. And she's huge. Sure. So I don't... I think that was more you're, unintentional you're than You're trying anything. to give
1: him the benefit of the doubt. I think so. I don't okay. think he would do that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, But that was later kind of retconned in a really fucking funny way. Okay. Because um, yeah, he said that he was enamored with shark girl because she was another like prehistoric creature she was a megalodon he's sure. like ooh, yeah yes that's awesome we're two prehistoric people we can take over the planet and fall in love okay yeah um and then later in a, a more recent series called x-men green which was originally published as a uh infinity co- comic on uh, marvel Unlimited, which are vertical stro- scrolling comics that are essentially one long panel okay they're really cool Sure. Uh, this one, uh, X-Men Green, is about a rogue X-Men team that are eco-terrorists. Oh. It's really good. Sure. It is really good. Um, and Sauron's in that. Uh, and he proclaims that, no, he wasn't actually in love with Shark Girl. He's sapiosexual. <laughs> I,
1: I, <laughs> Which is really funny for okay. someone who's
0: just, like, so in love with his own brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that that was great. Okay. But, uh, X-Men Green is led by, uh, like, a B-level character called Nature Girl, whose power gets ramped up, and she begins to feel the... She has animal empathy, is what is her power. Okay. As well as, like, huge antlers. And she begins to feel the feelings of every animal on Earth at the same time. And is like, oh god, we're killing everything all at once, I have to stop this. And she recruits another, like x-men with kind of bad or mutant with kind of bad powers um what's her name i can't remember it's an it's a little girl character who has like hex powers like bad luck powers Mm -hmm. and then they run into sauron and sauron's like hell yeah you're doing evil shit i'm gonna join (laughs) and and like tells them like yeah you're you're doing evil for the right reasons it feels amazing (laughs) and it's kind of like their bad mentor Interesting. Okay. And they do, like, uh, there's been a recent follow-up in the Infinity Comics for that, where they t- they take over a ship and they're all dressed as sailors. So you see Sauron as a pterodactyl man wearing, like, a Donald Duck sailor outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me so happy. <laughs> Pants? No. Ah, good. <laughs> good. So big green pterodactyl man, little sailor hat, sailor shirt with cravat. And that's it. And that's it. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. Sauron is an incredible guy. That's... Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I know a lot more about Sauron than I previously did, which mm-hmm. was to say one panel of a comic. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did appear in the X-Men cartoon as well. Did he really? Yeah, he was. He okay, was in a few so episodes. I've
1: never actually seen the X-Men cartoon all the way through.
0: Okay, so. it it's very hit or miss. Well, like, yeah. the first couple seasons are great, and then the quality nosedives. Ooh. But uh, in the episodes he was in in the cartoon, he's in the Savage Land. He's hanging around with Zaladane, the queen of the Savage Land, who is an interesting character in her own right. And is, like, the one of the unofficial mascot characters of the Cerebro podcast. Okay. And therefore, I love her. <laughs> um, but yeah, she he shows up a couple times and then he's noticeable for having, like, the stereotypical, like, snake voice.
1: Uh-huh. Where he's, like... Yeah. Yeah. And
0: he hisses and yeah, stuff like that
1: yeah i can i can hear it i can't yeah. re- replicate it but i can yeah, yeah. hear
0: it i always picture him as as having like, like that high-pitched like meh voice kind of like yeah, skeletor <laughs> yeah that's it's
1: hard not to it's yeah. hard not to picture that yeah yeah
0: but um so let's get into what sauron's powers actually are before we we do some crunching here
1: yeah i mean he's got he's
0: obviously got the life absorption yeah he can absorb um, life force he's you said he's a hypnotist so he has
1: some sort of he
0: has hip- mesmerism yeah hyp- hypnosis requiring eye contact he has to be looking someone in the eyes okay um after he absorbs the energy he can fire energy blasts oh yeah so he can he can like so he can he
1: can take that juice box take a big mouthful and then just spit it at someone apparently
0: yeah <laughs> he of course can fly obviously Uh, He's got claws and a pteranodon's beak, so he's got natural weapons. Sure, sure. One thing that surprised me is he does have superhuman strength. I mean, doesn't everybody? And he can lift up to ten tons. Hot damn. Um, He's a scrawny dude. What? That's a lot. Yeah,
1: that's... uh, Wow. Okay. Okay.
0: And he can Where, also apparently packing it all. I don't know, somewhere. <laughs> but he can also apparently breathe fire. Well, okay, so all of these are known traits
1: of pteranodons. So sure. um yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I can see it. Pteranodons can breathe fire and lift Yeah. <laughs> lift several trucks.
0: I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's that's what uh Mr. Sauron can do. Alright. Um so we got some stuff to work with. We got some stuff to work with here. Um now I do want to point out that there are Pteranodon people in D anD. d Okay, there are the uh, the Terrafolk. Yeah, they're not very strong, <laughs> so he is not a Terrafolk. <laughs> I I don't so I don't know if that is where we want to start. Well, I, I did drop the Terrafolk stat block into the document here. I see that, and like I said, they're they're whole lot of nothings They're challenge rating ones that's good. yeah we're gonna be he's gonna be
1: bigger than that well these sure. things
0: don't breathe fire or lift up to 10 tons or hypnotize <laughs> people at all so
1: or but they they do drain energy right Because that is a known fact a known ability of pteranodons. god i wish but no no they don't well let's go ahead and jump in here um
0: do you have any ideas for a name uh no i do not i'm sorry oh you were asking about who was the uh the gym teacher at the Hellfire Academy. Uh-huh. It was the fucking Wendigo. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All
1: right. Come on, Chris. I need you to use your literary brain and come up with the oh name God. of this guy.
0: Uh, Malachor. No, no, no. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was thinking, he's named after after Sauron, so okay. Malachor is Sauron's like predecessor. Sure, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. But <laughs> Malachor man. <laughs> Malaman. Malaman. I don't know that. That to me, man, you know, that suggests something else. Yeah. You know Let's see. Let's do what I usually do. Sarman. man yeah. huh. Sauron was briefly a werewolf, the one from the Lord of the Rings. That dude became a werewolf. God, there is a part of me that just wants to name this guy Melkor. You know? I mean, okay. I don't. Okay. Sure. Uh, so
1: he's medium, right? He's not a. Yeah, large he's just guy. human-sized.
0: Um, Like, maybe a little bit bigger, but not much.
1: Yeah, I'm leaning towards neutral evil because he does seem to be very self-serving. Yeah, he's very selfish. Obviously evil, so we're going to go with that. Armor class, hit points, uh, we're going to take those out.
0: Um, He's seven foot tall in his Sauron form. That's That's medium.
1: medium. So now his speed, uh, 30 feet walking speed, but uh, the Terrafolk had like an 80 foot fly speed. Uh, Is, I mean... That's intense. That's pretty intense. So I'm thinking that we should uh, just um, leave it at 30 feet.
0: Okay, that's fine. All
1: right. So uh, yeah, 30 feet. Um, let's see. Well, his strength's got to be
0: bigger. It's got to be bigger than uh, that. Like, um, 10
1: tons is insane. 10 tons is
0: insane. Like, I, I, and that was in the official handbook of the Marvel
1: Universe. All right. So, so he's going to have a, as far as I can tell, that means he's going to have a strength higher than 20. Yeah. Um, I want to put it at 25. Okay. That's where I'm feeling. I mean, I still think that's undercutting it a bit, but... I mean, what else can you do? (laughs) So, uh, he's got Dexterity, um... I'm thinking probably a 14. Sure, that works. Uh, Constitution, does he have any kind of
0: major feats of, uh, (laughs) of durability? Uh... Not particularly, like he, not naturally anyway. So,
1: um, we'll give him relatively low constitution, maybe plus 12, uh, maybe a 12. Yeah. So plus one.
0: Like even after absorbing the energy of someone, he only has a stated durability of four, which is fairly low. Okay. Um,
1: intelligence is, he's pretty smart. He's very smart. I mean, he could, he could cure cancer. He just doesn't
0: <laughs> want to. He wants to turn people into dinosaurs.
1: So I'm going to put that at a 20. I'm going to say he's, he's 20 smart. Wisdom
0: though, uh, I could see that being lower.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna give him a flat
0: ten in wisdom.
1: Selfish characters usually aren't very wisdom rich, right? Um, but uh, and now charisma.
0: In the, uh,
1: who are we at? <laughs> well, okay, so charisma. Charisma is also one of those squishy stats in D and D know. it's not
0: just like we we tend to associate it with okay, it's how attractive a person is, like. But that's not that's necessarily not necessarily true. it. That that can be part of it. But it's also, like, their strength of personality, their presence. like Right. Um, though, all things considered, I would rather put that... I'd put that pretty low.
1: Yeah. Just because, I mean... Pterodactyl Man? Pterodactyl Man. Um, I'm actually going to give him an 8 in charisma. Okay. So his, his attributes are all over the damn board. That, that's, I mean... That's not a bad thing, I guess. No, it, it's diversifying. It's an yeah. interesting. It's an interesting thing. Not diversifying. It's min maxing. But <laughs> he um, diversified uh, his portfolio. All right. So skills. Mm. I always
0: need to pull up the, uh, the skill list. Yeah. I could see intimidation. That would make sense, even though that's a charisma based skill. We, can, in order to do that, we can just give him expertise in it.
1: Yeah. Um, that kind of offsets charisma. Or,
0: acrobatics uh, for sure. You think so? He's a flying pteranodon. Like that's pretty acrobatic.
1: That's fair. Well, yeah, but is he proficient in acrobatics? Because mm. I mean, if that's the case, if you if it, you're just going to cite that he's a flying dude, yeah. then I would increase his dexterity. Not give him an atro- Not give him a, he, a, a. I
0: mean, he's pretty adept at escaping from people while flying. Okay. Um.
1: Then I have a. Yeah okay we can give him we can give him an acrobatic skill. Acrobatics we don't know his challenge rating yet so we're just going to leave that blank. Uh, animal handling does he does he have any control over animals or sway over like dinosaurs in any way? No he does not. Okay I think that'd be um, something he
0: has but he not really.
1: I wouldn't say he he definitely doesn't or have anything in Arcana he's a science no. man not a not a magic man.
0: Uh, athletics... Well it depends on like is his. Absorption Abilities Mystical, or... I, 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 I don't think he would necessarily... Okay. Okay. No,
1: no, I'm going to give him no on that. Okay. Um, athletics, I don't think so. Probably not, no. Deception, definitely not. History... Mm. I think an argument can be made for it, but in an effort to keep this trim, I would okay. say no. Okay. Uh, insight, no. Uh, yeah, we'll give him in Intimidation... And we'll probably make that uh, an expertise. Okay. Just that way it's not useless. Um, medicine for sure,
0: because he's a scientist. He's yep. a doctor. That makes sense. That makes sense. And the X-Men did turn to him to uh, when they needed to patch up Havoc after he blew himself up.
1: Right. Um, an argument might be able to be made for uh, nature as well.
0: I can see that. Especially so, considering his e- new like eco-terrorist background. Exactly.
1: Um, that's perception, a pretty... performance, persuasion, religion, sleight of hand, stealth, and survival. Nah, I think we're. I think having okay. those four skills is pretty good.
0: Um, he... I could see like a, a argument being made for survival as well, just because he had like he survives in the savage land and thrives there. But yeah, uh, I don't think that's necessary. Myself,
1: I would say if if he's going to have um survival, we would we would take out nature. Okay, one he would either have. I, nature I would leave or nature survival, then. Leave so. nature. Uh, but again that's more more in the interest of keeping this trim and neat right right Uh, so he doesn't he's not immune or even resistant to any kind of damages that I'm I'm aware of I would say that he could potentially be resistant to psychic you think so oh because of the hypnotism yes okay I like that so we'll give him a resistance to psychic damage and then um, but he doesn't have any vulnerabilities no Um, condition immunities prop well no not uh, let's see I really can't think of any condition immunities that he might have, based no. off of what you've described. Um, Looking at what he does, I don't I don't believe so. Yeah. So, uh, his language is, of course, common.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We don't know his challenge rating, and therefore we don't know his proficiency bonus yet. Right. But now we're going to get into the traits.
0: Into the, the weirdo stuff that he yep. does. All right,
1: so... Life force absorption. Let's let's just do it that way instead of going down this list. Okay. Uh, let's do. We're
0: gonna give him multi attack for sure. For sure. Because everything. Multi attack, and he should probably honestly have legendary actions too. Think so. I think so. Okay. He's a named guy. That's fair. That's fair.
1: Life <laughs> force absorption. Yeah. Um, that's going to be us to be. Um, <sighs> it's some sort of leech ability,
0: like. And I know there's monsters in D&D that do that sort of thing.
1: Right, right. There's quite a few. Um, and for that, we're going to turn to our old friend. Nope, there it is, Wraith. So yeah, we're going to give him the life drain ability. Um, okay. And that's going to be pretty much copied directly from the Wraith. So it's going to do a certain amount of necrotic damage. And then the target has to make a constitution saving throw or have a tap point... <laughs> have its hit point maximum reduced by an amount equal to the damage taken. Okay. The reduction lasts until the target finishes a long rest, and the target dies if it reduces its hit points maximum to zero. That works. Um, Let's see. So that's the life drain. Yeah. Uh, energy blast. Energy blast. Blasts.
0: Um, now that's going to be... I don't, like, that's one of those things where it's kind of a weirdo ability of his. Because... Well, I mean, I can work with this. I can work with this. Yeah. It's um, not one that he has all of the time.
1: Right, so I'm just going to label this as an energy
0: blast. Okay. It is a ranged weapon attack. And it's worth mentioning that he does have to have absorbed something before he can do it. Yep, that. I'm going to incorporate that. Okay.
1: So, uh, plus blank to hit... Um, Range? What is... You know, let's do this uh, based off of Eldritch Blast. Okay. So uh, Oh, God. So you're going to have him hit from a football field away. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense. 120 feet. One creature. And then on a hit, it's going to do a certain amount of damage. Mm-hmm. Naturally. Of necrotic damage. No, force damage.
0: It's going to be force. Yeah, that's what Eldritch Blast is. Yep.
1: Force damage. Um, and then... Uh, what the hell do we call this guy again? Mel- Melkorion? Mel- Melkorion! Melkorion cannot use this ability hmm. until he is absorbed. Now, my I kind of want to do this as he can't use this ability unless he's drained life from a target within the last turn. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is that, like, if he's attacking something directly... He's not going to want to start blasting Exactly. Exactly. Um, so Maybe
0: I, he can't use it until he's drained a certain amount of hit points. That's what I was thinking
1: of originally. Yeah, it, let's let's do that. Um, unless he has drained blank number of hit points within the last minute. Okay. Yeah, that works. Alrighty. So there's his energy blast. Um, superhuman strength. We got that. Flight. We got that. His natural weapons: claws and a beak. Uh, that's going to be pretty easy. Uh, claws. And he's got four claws. I don't know if you want to make that. He has four claws. Oh, feet hands, hands, and, and feet. Yeah. hands and feet. Okay, hands and feet. That, that'll be incorporated in his in multi-attack, if okay. anything else. But, I mean, that's pretty high. So, yeah. uh, let's see. Uh, plus blank to hit. Reach of five feet. One creature. And then on a hit, dealing some amount of damage. Some amount of slashing damage,
0: and then that's going to be that. Um, and the uh, the beak is described as lethal, while the talons are simply described as sharp, so...
1: Okay, well, that makes sense, too, because <laughs> the, um, the beak would be a one-time attack thing. Like, for his right. multi-attack, I'm thinking about giving him, like... Two claw attack and a beak attack. Okay. Or three claw attacks and a beak attack. Um, basically, he's going to be using his beak a lot less. Right. Therefore, it's, it's... standard reason it would do more damage. Okay. Okay. So. And we will probably want that to do piercing damage, right? Absolutely. Because he's stabbing you with it. Yeah. Melee weapon attack. Reach of five feet. Creature. And on a hit, a certain amount of piercing damage. So with his multi attack, I'm thinking four attacks. Okay. no oh, I want. I that's that's so many. It's a lot. Uh, three attacks. I need to nail down what this guy's challenge rating is going to be now. All right. So Chris, yeah, uh, I, I filled out a little bit here, uh, just kind of silently. Um, I gave him his legendary actions. All righty. Uh, he has uh, claw attack. A nimble escape, which he can disengage and fly up to half of his movement, and then he, for two actions or for two of the legendary actions, uh, he can use his energy blast. Okay. Um, so that'll allow him to drain someone, escape, and then blast. sounds good. Be. Um, think that's pretty much all I have now. I'm I'm trying to look. We need to nail down his proficiency bonus and his challenge his rating. Challenge rating. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, we also might want to give him a trait or two. Yeah, uh, I he doesn't completely forgot any. about that. Uh, <laughs> God, his hypnosis. I completely forgot about Don't his hypnosis. Don't forget about his hypnosis. And, and his, his fire breath. And
0: his fire breath, yes.
1: Oh, beans. This guy, okay. so this guy He does gonna a be, lot. He's going to be packed full of actions, I think. All right, so fire <laughs> breath. Okay. Um, that's going to be a recharge on a five or a six. Yeah. And I think that's going to be pretty much just the dragon's fire breath attack. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to copy that whole hog from the, fo- the uh, red adult red dragon. Okay. Because I'm looking here and I'm feeling that he's going to probably be around a challenge rating 15. Sounds good. Um, Which would put his damage output at a roughly um, upper nineties per turn. Um, that's significant. So I'm thinking that if we just bring in the fire breath attack from the dragon, uh, from the red dragon, I mean, it, it, that's going to take his whole turn to do. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he, it's going to be dealing some significant damage, and I'm thinking that the, the red dragon's uh, 18d6... Um, aka sixty-three fire damage. Mm-hmm. That that feels about right. Okay. Um, I think that the DC for the saving throw needs to probably be a little bit lower than the red dragon, the adult red dragon, which is twenty-one right now. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that's going to probably be eighteen. Uh, because I mean it's still pretty high. He's still going to be hard to. Uh, it's going to be hard to uh, avoid him. And I also don't right. think it's going to be a sixty-foot cone. I think it's only going to be a thirty-foot cone. Okay, that makes sense. Because he's not a he's not a big guy. No, he's so. just normal. Nor- in fact, normal. I'm, at, man. I'm actually going to decrease that dexterity saving throw to fifteen.
0: To fifteen. Okay.
1: Um. Because that's not his marquee ability. Uh, his hypnosis, on the other hand, I'm wondering if because he's loaded
0: with actions, I'm thinking that his hypnosis might want to be a passive trait. I know there's uh, creatures that have traits where if you have to, like, take a turn or an action to not look them in the eyes and stuff like well, that?
1: Well, it's, um, yeah, there's various things like that, uh, like, the med- specifically Medusas and right. Gorgons can do, have things like that. Um, there's also specific creatures that, where if you're just looking at them in general, um, in fact, if Memory serves... Um, let me think. Uh,
0: what the hell are those things called? I can't remember all of a sudden. I, I know there's there's... Like, there's one in particular that I'm thinking of, but I cannot remember what it's called. Oh, God. It's, there's one that was in Mad Mage. Yeah. What are those things called?
1: Frick. Umberhulk. Umberhulk confusing gaze when a creature starts its turn within 30 feet of the umber hulk and is able to see the umber hulk's eyes the umber hulk can magically force it to make a dc 15 charisma saving throw unless the umber hulk is incapacitated on a failing save, on a failed save the creature can't take reactions uh until the start of its next turn and rolls a d8 to determine what it does during that turn so it confuses them so i'm thinking that we can modify this a bit so instead of uh a confusing confusing gaze the confusing gaze Mm -hmm. Instead of a confusing gaze, we can give him a hypnotic gaze. I've known some hypnotic gaze in the past. So when a creature starts its turn within 30 feet of Melkorion and is able to see Melkorion's eyes, Melkorion can magically force it to make a DC 15. See, if it's charisma based, his charisma is pretty low. No, I'm just going to leave it at 15. 15 charisma saving throw. Unless he is incapacitated. And then on a failed saving throw... You know what? I'm actually... I've got an idea here. I'm going to bring that down to a 12 charisma saving throw. But on a failed saving throw, the target is paralyzed. Okay. Until the start of... No, until... Yeah, yeah, until the start of its next turn. I'm less surprised. A creature can avert its eyes to avoid the saving throw at the start of its turn. If the creature does so, it can't see... It can't see Melkorion until the start of its next turn, or it can avert its eyes again. If the creature looks at Melkorion in the meantime, it must immediately make the save. Um, I'm thinking... Because being stunned for a turn... Not paralyzed, stunned. Okay. Being stunned for a turn is... That's rough. That's rough. That's Especially rough <laughs> when you are fight, facing something. I'm going to give it. I'm gonna increase it to a DC... Ugh, screw it. I'm going to increase it to a DC 14 charisma okay. saving throw, because at this level, things are going to be pretty... It, it, so it's relatively easy to avoid it, but if you fail, so help you God, um, yeah. because he's got legendary actions and all of this stuff that he's going to be able to do to you, and if you're stunned... It's just happening to you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna be. pretty <laughs> He looks you in palatable. the eye, stuns you, and then tears your throat out. Exactly. Um, and I think. Or that's, lights you on fire.
0: Yeah, okay. and I really think that that might be his only trait that we. Need I to think give him. so. I don't think he really has <clears throat> much else that we want
1: to give him. All right, so I'm thinking that, and in because of that, uh, I'm thinking his challenge rating might be a little bit higher, uh, just because of all of this. And even though his damage output is going to be, we're going to shoot for that, you know, high 90 range. Mm -hmm. um, Because of everything else, uh, his challenge rating is probably going to be a little higher. I'm going to give him a 17 unless we decide to give him lower HP, which, well, we'll take a look and see what that happens. You know, his challenge rating will do last. Um, Proficiency bonus. um, It's likely just going to be a plus 5. So I'm going to stick with that for now um uh, meaning his armor class uh we need to do his armor class so it's going to be a 13 unless you give him a natural armor um which again at this level a 13 ac is nothing so i'm thinking we're going to need to give him some natural armor just to That's give fine. him a little bit of i mean he, power. he's got tough scaly hide right so uh i don't have it on here anymore but what is the terra folks armor class Let's kind of look at that uh, as a launching point.
0: That's a good question. Twelve <laughs> natural armor. Okay. Let's maybe look at some more dinosaurs. That's what I was doing.
1: So the Brontosaurus is an armor class of fifteen. Um, I'm gonna let's just go ahead and do that. Okay. Um, I mean, this guy—the way I'm feeling him out—is he's going to be. Dealing a lot of damage, but not being able to take a lot. Kind of a gl- uh, glass cannon type monster. Yeah. So that might lower his challenge rating even more. Uh, or at least we can pu- we, may be, we may be able to push his damage output a little bit further. Right. So for his claw attack, then again, here here's where the, the light is going to shine. His claw attack is going to be strength based. So that means he's going to get a plus 12 to hit. Yeah, so um, (laughs) his slashing damage is going to be... uh, Let's pull up our dice calculator. So I'm thinking that his his claw attacks are going to do an average of 20 damage.
0: 3d8 (laughs) plus (laughs) 7. Alright. That's a non-insignificant amount. Right? And then his beak attack... Should do more. It's going to do more. Let's
1: do... Let's up that to... I'm going to up that to 4d12 plus 7. That is a lot. That is an average of 33 piercing damage. Stay away from the beak. Because again, if we're going to go glass cannon, if his HP and his um, armor class are going to be so low, Mm -hmm. I mean, all this guy needs is one turn... And he's going to start wrecking shop.
0: Yeah. Um, Especially if he gets off multiple of his uh, hypnos- hypnotic gaze abilities. Right, right. Because at this point,
1: like, these numbers sound high, but then you remember that he has the multi-attack. Uh, he's going to be dealing an average of, what is that, 83 damage there? Mm-hmm. Seventy-three. That's gonna. That's seventy-three damage without his legendary actions. Yeah. Um. When you incorporate his legendary actions, where he can take up to three, uh, that's gonna bring it up to a maximum of another sixty. Um, wow. That is pretty high, though. That doesn't feel terrible, though. Is the thing. Okay. You know what? Push it if it yeah. feels if it feels wrong, push it. Okay. So. <laughs> um, that's a horrible statement. <laughs> if it if it feels overpowered to push it a little further. There you go, that's fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> You are correct. And so alright, there we go. I'm just gonna leave it at that, because I mean he's also likely not going to be doing his Oh man. No, I, I do think that we need to decrease his claw attack a little okay. bit. if he's gonna be taking that many attacks with his claws that that's fine, yeah, I'll um, lower that.
0: I would keep his beak at that level. Though.
1: Yeah, his beak is fine, I think. Um, so I'm going to bring it down to 2d8 plus 7. Um, so that's going to decrease that to 16. It's not a lot, but it, it's enough, I think. Yeah. Now, his life drain, on the other hand, because this is lowering uh, the enemy's hit point maximum, uh, shouldn't be doing a huge amount of damage, because yeah. that would be insane. Um... Let's see. Well, then again, he can only do it one per once a turn, and he has to forego the claws and beak to do
0: so. No, he can still use the claws because he uses. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. But he can't use it as a as a legendary. Right. So. And it is required to use one of his other attacks. So.
1: I am going to say 3d10 of okay. 7, which is an average of 23. But maybe it shouldn't be strength-based. Instead, I'm thinking that one should be intelligence-based. That would make sense. Which would only be a plus 5, which would bring his life drain down to an average of 21, which, that feels a little that bit That doesn't better. feel terrible, yeah. Yeah. Uh, In order to use his energy blast, I think that he's going to... Like, that's going to be dexterity-based, so that's easily his hardest-to-hit attack at a plus 7. Nope, math wrong. Plus 8. But I'm thinking that that is going to do... I mean, if you think of it as as Eldritch Blast, I think that 2d10 plus 3... Okay. So the an average of fourteen feels about right. Yeah, I got no. Then again, if it's costing him two action, two legendary actions to do one energy blast, he never use it. Yeah, he would never use it. I think this needs to do considerably more. Yeah. Um. How about I up that to forty ten? So it's going to do an average of twenty five damage. Especially since he can't use it until he's done. Right. You know, I think I'm going to even up that higher. I'm pushing that further. Okay. Okay. Yeah, do it, man. 6 D10 plus 3, that's an average of 36. And in order to use it, I would think he has to have absorbed at least 20 hit points within the last minute. Sound about right? Yeah. Drained,
0: not absorbed. 20 number of hit points. (laughs) And do you want to put in a caveat in there that he can't use it again until he's drained that amount? Or once he's drained that amount, he can just use it as many times as he feels like.
1: Within the within the minute,
0: I was thinking that okay, he could. Okay. Um, if he couldn't, then we would. I push this even further. Okay, I, but, then it's fine as is. Yeah.
1: So okay, um, that just leaves us with his challenge rating and his hit points. Yeah. Now his hit points. All right. What did we give his constitution? He got plus one in constitution oh man, this guy is going to get annihilated if he does not roll high on initiative. Yeah. And he has a low dexterity, so he's probably going to get annihilated.
0: But... Hey, that's what legendary actions are for. That is exactly correct.
1: Alrighty, so... He needs to have an... At a challenge rating 15, he would need to have an average of 281 to 295. But that's too high for him, I feel. So I'm gonna push him down to an average of 200 and I'm, I'm gonna say low 200s would be a good launching point there okay um, let's see can I find another monster that has low constitution but a high challenge rating.
0: okay what'd you find
1: uh, the amnizu
0: not familiar with that guy uh, they are
1: devils. he's lower on the challenge, on the Constitution scale anyway. Okay. Um what did we give our boy here, constitution wise? Uh plus one. Plus one. You know what? I am gonna
0: increase that for the sake of not having him die immediately?
1: Yeah. Um I'm gonna give him a sixteen in it. Um which is a plus three because that is I'm actually looking at the green Abishai which is a challenge rating 15 that has a constitution of, six, of uh, plus of 3, and its hit points is 195, which feels round where I want this guy to be. Okay. So I'm actually just going to copy over their hit points fully on, which is 26d8 plus 78. There. Um, which means that this guy has a challenge rating of 15. Uh, that is worth... Uh, 1300 experience there we go uh, proficiency bonus of plus 5 and I think that we have a dinosaur man we, we still need to do a skills man think we have a dinosaur man <laughs> acrobatics plus 8 it's a plus 8 Okay. Uh, intimidation uh, that's going to be um, plus 8 because we're giving him expertise okay Good plan. Medicine. Uh, now that one is going to be uh, eight, pl- uh, 15. Fif- 15? Yeah, intelligence
0: plus uh, his proficiency bonus. Wouldn't that be 10? 5 plus 5?
1: 10. <laughs> Isn't that what I said? I said 10. <laughs> I was
0: like, am I missing
1: something? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said 10. Okay. Um... <laughs>
0: and nature... Would... Plus
1: 15. <laughs> plus 10. Okay. So there Don't we go. gaslight me like that. <laughs> All right. Um. So I think we have a dinosaur man. Uh, all right. I'm not going to cover it all because of the way I edited
0: the last one. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. So there we go. I like this. This mm. came out cool. This would be an interesting monster to fight. He would be he, very. He's terrifying. Yeah. He's terrifying. He's very. But... Mu- since he's like a named guy and everything, he's very much in antagonist territory. Right. And I could see him having a bunch of little pterodon like pterophoke minions that you have to fight and stuff uh-huh. like that. Like. He could be a lot of fun. He, yeah, this this guy would not be like out of place showing up in a Chult campaign. Have we? Ha, no,
1: right? Have we created a named villain like a named creature before? No, I don't think so. And this is our first. Yeah. So
0: like there's there's certain ones that it's like okay, this is obviously a legendary creature like with Psycho man and stuff like that. Right, right. But we never actually called them They're, they like, weren't a named guys. creature. They were just a legendary creature. I'm right, short. right. This is this one is the guy. This
1: is <laughs> this is the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. The Melkorion. Yeah. And,
0: I'm um, happy with that. that
1: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it too. So, there we go. Um, I love doing
0: this fucking show. It's so dumb. <laughs> and, I already know what I'm doing for the next one. Fantastic. But we don't, we don't spoil that Wait, ahead I don't of time, spoil that so. one because we only do this one like once a month, so.
1: It is a once a month thing, so. Um, so, with that, uh, thank you so much for listening. We do really appreciate it, uh, especially now that these are going out um, on the main feed. So, People who aren't Chris can listen to them. Yeah. Um, but uh, thank you so much. And if you're listening to this early for whatever reason, if you do happen to donate to our Patreon uh, and get this early, hey, thank you so much for your support. Uh, if not, please check out our Patreon to get these kinds of episodes early. Uh, it's uh, Patreon.com/slash/CreatureCrunch. Um, I th- I think I, w- I was pondering that the other day, and I'm like, I don't know if it's Creature Crunch or Creature underscore Crunch or what.
0: But there's Are you advertising you for links. somebody else.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, I don't understand how a lot of things work. Uh, but hey, thank you so much, and we will see you guys next time.